Hello and greetings, and thank you for tuning in to a new episode, a new season of the Enright Standing Podcast, a podcast for the unique, the peculiar, and the chosen who want to live right and at the end of the day, be in right standing with themselves, with life, and with others. I'm your host, Jada Cofield, and in today's episode, I want to talk to you about good spiritual leadership. But before we get started, let me just say, it's good to see you again and be with you. If you haven't already heard, we are on TV now, and you may already be watching us on your Roku TV. Just go to your Roku channel store and download the Enright Standing Network channel, and there we will be. We have great new original series coming your way and would love for you to join us there. Be sure to also tune in to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm sure we are there. Now, let's get started. The goal of this episode is to help you make an enlightened decision about your future and the leadership you desire to follow. It is imperative that you are clear who you will have in your ear for the next several years. I also want to give leaders encouragement and confirmation to the way forward. The signs and points I'm going to share are an accumulation of different types of leaders I've been under who were good and bad for over 20 years in the church and business around the world, and as well as my experience leading and the results of those patterns I've seen in different leadership abilities. Instead of taking the bad and making it worse, I've learned from others bad and good and applied it to myself to become a transformational leader. And I encourage you to do the same. I also want to point out there is a difference in poor spiritual leadership versus bad. I've seen poor leadership, but that does not mean it's bad. Poor leadership has the power to improve and should. If the poor leadership does not improve, it then enters into the bad. A good name is better than a precious perfume, and the day of one's death better than the day of one's birth. So what makes a good leader versus a bad? Do we really know? How do we know? Today I want to share five signs you may be under good spiritual leadership and what good leadership should be, do, and look like. Here's a thought. I do think a person can be born a leader. I believe one can have tendencies and propensities along with a generational aptitude that shows leadership and innately draws people to follow them or their example. Why I believe that is because I believe Jesus was born a leader. He was then groomed and grew to excel in his leadership. We also know we are born to love. We have to be taught to hate. Leadership is love. Leadership ranks high as the most popular training, yet fails the most in its results, conversion rate, and measurable success data. People do not think they need leadership training. I find it interesting how many spiritual leaders insist on training their leaders, but have never sat to be trained themselves. First sign of good leadership 
you will hear them speak often of attending training, conferences, events, meeting people, and or learning new skill sets often. I try to attend at least one to two events or conferences globally and annually just to plug in, see what the new trends are, and what is transformational in leadership. Just like the normal workforce, you have to go to recertification training or take some type of advanced placement courses to keep your job. I remember speaking at a particular leadership conference for ministry, and I heard people around me criticize and say, what's the point of that conference? They never even bothered to look at the different tracks offered or even ask me what the basis was for the conference or my specific topic I would be speaking on. Instead, they criticized. Now, mind you, these same leaders have asked to speak at this event would have said yes. And these same leaders are still stuck in their leadership today. They have missed several opportunities because instead of seeking God about something different, they criticize. Criticism and underestimation of a person or event will keep you stuck when you should be catapulted forward. When you look at the dynamics of a catapult, it means acceleration and steps skipped. Leaders who criticize and underestimate do not get to pass go, cannot collect $200. They are really forced to go to jail and prison of stagnation. They then have to walk out a season or process God intended for them to skip over. Now, if your leadership is missing things, so are you as a body. I tend to choose conferences or events out of my state and culture and even denomination. Me plugging into what and who I already know is just me going to an event. You cannot learn from what and who you already know. Good leadership knows how to explore new avenues and meet new people. Bad leaders have horrific, and I do mean horrific, social skills and can only function on the sheep shed or farm. Good leadership personally stays plugged into the source. Jesus broke away to pray. He left the group, the familiar. Good leadership makes it a point to stretch themselves. They are fishers of men. A good leader learns to figure out life and the people in it. Jesus walked through the earth, or in other words, traveled about. I met my mentor at an event I saw on Eventbrite about Christian business and leadership a few years back when I first returned to America. The reason I attended is because I know and statistics have shown that the world we live in actually changes dramatically every four years and the church every 30 What I knew when I left was not what was happening when I returned. I was plugging in. On that panel was my now mentor. That would have never happened if when I looked at the email and said, I don't know these people, but I didn't know the topic. Did it matter who was teaching it? If I got there and saw it was not for me, I do know how to walk out. I also didn't underestimate my mentor. He and his wife are multimillionaires and transforming the globe and a man and woman of color. But you would never know that by judging his outward appearance. He was the most unassuming of all the speakers. He's not popular, 
but very well known. He's not on social media, yet he has developed one of the world's most dynamic digital platforms used around the world. And I could go on and on, but I could have brushed him off because I had never heard of him or seen him publicly. But why do that? People heard about the Messiah coming, but took years for that revealing or even people to lay eyes upon him. And some never did. I heard my mentor's heart and spirit. It wasn't until years later I even learned and am learning about who he truly is and what he has. What I shared with you about him was not disclosed while he was on the panel. While on the panel, he talked about the kingdom of God, what it looks like and what it should mean to you as a business professional and leader. I have learned that hearing a person's heart and spirit is not really what people want. They want false facade, fake power, and phony, show me, show me outwardly. And this is the basis most people use to connect with another and even their church. When people judge or underestimate people and things, all it really tells me is what's in your heart and how you see things. People who underestimate people don't see God, for the pure at heart shall see God. A treasure has to be found, and what great treasure we have in earthen vessels we often overlook and underestimate. Good leaders learn, stretch, and explore. The second sign of good spiritual leadership, you will hear a progression in revelation or insight Good leadership spends time with the Father earnestly. A good leader knows how to progress and wants to. They know how to seek the Father and cry out unto the Lord for an answer, new revelation and insight. They know the signs of burnout and know when and how to get the time they need. Their well is full and does not run dry. Their insight is progressive. The third sign of good leadership shows evident individual growth and transformation, like Christ who grew in stature. A revelation in itself has up to one million or more revelations. So just because something is shared with you from the Father, it does not mean you're supposed to share it to the world the next week. You haven't processed it. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. A bad leader takes you through their deliverance, but a good one won't. One does not know when they are going to get delivered from a thing. Good leadership understands this process and waits on God to reveal the victory and uses wisdom and what they share. This is why the Bible says, confess one to another, not confess tons to the other. I cringe when a pastor says he or she is dealing with a thing right now. I promise you in six months, he or she will still be dealing with it. Deliverance and healing is a process. Let the revelation reveal itself. If you don't, you keep people in your cycle, unprocessed and not redeemed. I'm dealing with patience check their message four months from now, they still will be dealing with patience. I'm dealing with obeying the Father, check it a year from now, same thing. 
I'm dealing with my weight and health nine months down the line. You will hear it again. You hear my country coming out (laughs) because now there is no regulation. Once you speak a trouble and struggle to the wrong people, a war can then take place for your freedom. The blessing to heal you is fighting with the curses to steal you away from your victory. Once again, the enemy and you giving him too much information. Oh, you have a problem with sugar? Well, let me tell you, everywhere you turn from that point on, sugar is there. Good leaders allow themselves the private process. Sometimes people talk to make people think they are really working on it or being transparent. But that's all it is, talk. I do not talk about and have not talked about anything that I'm currently having to get healed or delivered from or the Father is teaching me at the moment on this podcast. I have to let God work that victory out in me and then share when I am released and restored. What the Father shares with me to share with you is different from what I'm going through, and it should be. I share the gospel and the redeemed me. I have to work out my own soul salvation, not through you and not the pulpit. But Jada, this is the transparency movie. Keep it 100. Tell your story season. Keep it real, baby. I'm not that interested in a person's transparency. I want the truth. The word transparency means to be easily perceived or open for one to detect authenticity, the ability for light to pass through so the object can be distinctively seen. When you decide to be transparent according to the definition, you then give me the right to determine your authenticity or truth. Not because you tell me. Are you hearing me? There are people who are transparent and not delivered and not transformed. And I can see you because your transparency lets me see that. Transparency does not mean you're being real. The light will determine that. Selah. Transparency can deceive. That's why money has what's called a watermark and other markings that can only be detected when held up to the light or under a particular detecting light to reveal the authenticity, the truth. The light allows me to see if the transparency is authentic, not saying you are. The light is the truth detector, not the transparency. Therefore, your transparency does not touch people, teach people, test people, bring forth the truth in people, and then transform people. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) Jesus' challenges were mainly addressed in the garden, not with the disciples, definitely not amongst the people. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 5, 16. And mind you, he had the burden of the cross his entire life. Think about it. Some people are using transparency as a way to be lazy and not go to the cross about the matter and be set free. It's an excuse to stay searching and comfortable. There has to be an answer, people. Admitting something, being honest about something, or transparent is the first step out of many in order for one to be made free. Good leadership allows oneself to be processed, a yielded vessel. Okay, Lord, I see the problem. Now let's work at fixing it. I trust you with me 
and I trust the process. In order for a picture to come to its full light, it has to be processed in the darkness. Good leaders have a personal relationship with the Father for their own life and not just an outward public persona. They purpose to live the life they preach, not for show, but because they believe and are true believers. Good leadership believes in the leadership of Jesus Christ. Good leaders truly love the Lord and their leadership is integrated into their being and not a separate performance. I believe when you have an outward anointing and also live in right standing, life before the Lord privately, your anointing is greater outwardly. The fourth good sign of good leadership is that they have good relationships. Unlike bad leaders who fall out with everyone all the time, every 90 days they will be preaching about their enemies and jealousy or backstabbers. They have had five different secretaries, six armor bearers, seven minstrel music in a 10-year span. That's also not normal. Good leaders have good relationships, and you can often see the genuine respect in their relationships with others. Good leadership is respected in a way that others often admire and desire. It's not a manipulated or forced respect. People love them honestly with a pure heart and admire the leadership of Christ. They exude. They have learned how to learn and work with others. Good leadership has very public, healthy relationships. They don't have multiple falling outs. They don't have public favorites. Good leaders have a reputation of handling matters well and people and just about everyone the same when possible. They know how to let people go properly without making sly comments or windows to the congregation or online or cryptic text on social media. No subliminal messaging going on or everyone trying to guess who they are talking about or who just left the ministry. Let's see who ain't here. Let's count. Good leaders are good losers. They know how to lose and keep playing. As much as leadership loves sports, I wonder do they learn from them? Some of the greatest winners are the worst losers. And some of the worst losers are the worst players. And some of the greatest winners are great and healthy losers. But the question comes down to which would you rather be? No one likes to watch the antics of a sore loser. As a game has many of the same dynamics as life and leadership. You win some and you lose some. Our hope in Christ is our good outweighs our bad. Good leadership loses some games and even people. And at times they're best players. However, they can regroup, rebuild and keep moving. They were not or may not have been responsible for the loss and can handle the deficit. Good leaders treat people right no matter what, as mentioned in the Business Women's podcast. The fifth type of good spiritual leadership has a successor. 65% of ministries don't have successors or even businesses, and the number is even higher in churches or businesses of color. When I was growing up, My natural father would always say to me, Jada, come here and let me show you how to do this and to do that just in case I'm not here or when I'm gone. I can change a toilet if I need to. My father did not want any interruptions in the order of our home in his absence. He would choose me over my mother and two brothers. He saw 
how I executed his request and made sure that what he said was done. Good leadership has identified his or her successor. They usually have the same anointing and or greater and is being specifically groomed to carry the torch and has been identified, especially if your pastor or leader is 55 years and older. When I used to run track and sometimes relays at practice, we had to practice passing the baton. We had to stand still and pump our arms. And the person behind us who was passing the baton would say, pass. And we had to practice putting out our hand and then placing the baton so it would not fall to the ground. We would pump our arms like this. And the person would say, pass. And then we would turn just our hand so that we wouldn't waste time. And he would place the baton in our hand. Looking backwards to catch the baton was precious seconds wasted that you could not do when running. Any position I have, I try to pick one person to invest into and tell them, you are my next. You are the one to take it from here. The truth of the ministry or business or your family will be exposed and you will see it was about the person and never the people or the promise when they pass away if a successor is not chosen. This is wrong, this is out of order, and a spirit of error. Someone recently gave me a proposition, but my prerequisite to learn was that I have to commit to teaching another. A bonus point for good leaders, and this is my last, that they put others and give others platform. They let others shine as they should. They let them lead. Good leadership recognizes and brings the leadership of Christ out of others. I end with this. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked man rules, the people groan. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the In Right Standing podcast. If you would like to join me for an exclusive behind the scenes look of the podcast creation, my business, the network, and my travels, along with a more in-depth conversation about this podcast topic, be sure to join me over in the group app, inrightstanding.group.app forward slash invite. The link is in the description below and in the show notes. It's a private group and an investment to join. We would love to have you if you would like to come. And remember, at the end of the day, I definitely want you to be in right standing with yourself, with others, and most importantly, with Christ. Until next time, the Lord be with you. 